So, so we continue to talk about uh, prayer, and we've had some you know, some amazing messages uh, recently. Had a couple of weeks ago talking about praying together, praying corporately, and uh, Tanya's message last week on praying in praying in faith, the prayer of faith, why it matters to pray of faith. It's been awesome. So remember, the whole principle what we're talking about is what Jesus talks about in Matthew twenty-one, verse twelve to thirteen, or verse thirteen specifically. He says, "My house will be called a house of prayer." And you know, and that's 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 God's heart for us is that that we see ourselves as a house of prayer. That you know, I am a house of prayer, and also as a church family, we get the principle that we are a house of prayer. Amen. So I'm a house of prayer, and and we are a house of prayer. Amen. We put a lot of emphasis on prayer as a as a church. And there's lots of different stuff that's uh, stuff that goes on um, goes on prayer wise. Uh, but what I want to talk about specifically about this morning is about prayer languages. Uh, prayer language or, or speaking in tongues, as some people would 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 call it. Okay, so it's quite it's a can be a big topic. I've got loads of time uh, to talk about it either. Um, but it's, yeah, we're going to cover it this morning. And it's, sometimes it can be misunderstood or just just think, well, what's what's all that about? And you know, I believe my responsibility this morning is just to make it clear to you kind of what it's all about. And you know, that's that it's for everybody, and that's that's God's heart for us. Amen. So we're going to talk about the subject of prayer language. There you go, it's on screen. Okay. So now the reason we've called this title prayer language is when it comes to our prayer lives, remember prayer essentially is, is bare bones, it's communication with God. That's, that's what prayer is. You know, prayer, we're, we're trying to demystify the whole thing, right? And prayer can be a bit mystical, or some people make it a bit mystical. But ultimately prayer is, is communication with God. It's just talking to God. And, and God talking back to us. You know, we can understand it in human relationships the principle of talking to each other. You know, if you if you were in a friendship or a marriage or whatever the relationship might be, if you never spoke to each other, that would be an odd relationship, wouldn't it? We, we would that would be really weird, wouldn't it? So, but well, they never speak to me. That, that's not that's an odd relationship. Okay, so just like we understand in a natural, in a spiritual, we need to understand that's how our relationship with God should look like. You know, if we never ever talk to each other, we, we don't give him an opportunity to talk to us, or maybe we just don't listen to what he says, or, and, and we don't bring our requests and, and talk to him and honor him and stuff you know, in, our, in our prayers, then is that relationship with God being everything it could be? Well, we might be in relationship, but it's not what it could be, right? So, so that's what prayer essentially is, is communication with God. So, when, so we call this prayer languages when it comes to our prayer lives or communication with God. There are two different languages a believer can, can know. So firstly, number one, taking notes, we all have the ability to pray whenever we want in, in a language we've been raised to know. So whether that's English or maybe we've got another native language or maybe there's a whole number of languages. I think Patrick, you speak about four, don't you? Awesome. <laughs> Very jealous. I can speak English just about and a little bit of French and that's GCSE French. <laughs> that's about as far as I get. Anyway, so we all have the ability to pray in our, in our, in our native language, whether it be English or whatever it might, whatever it might be. Okay. And this could be termed, and we'll look at the scriptures to back this up but this, in a second, but this could be termed as our understanding, because we understand what we are saying, right? When, when, when we pray in, a, in our native language, I'm just going to say English, it may not be English for all of you, but I'm just probably going to say that, okay? So don't, I'm um, just going to say that, because it's probably where most of us are, I guess. So when we, when we pray in English, we, we understand what we're saying. Well, hopefully we understand ourselves. If we don't understand ourselves, we've got problems, don't we? <laughs> and, and understanding anybody else. Um, so we're praying out of our understanding, you know, we think about what to pray, and we and we and we, and we, and we pray, and we un- we understand what we're praying, and we understand what we're asking God, and we understand what we're saying saying before God, and that's all you know, kind of clear communication with God, Amen. But also, as 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 a church, we believe that God wants to enable us to pray with another prayer language. There's a gift to us as a believer from the Holy Spirit, and also 
evidence of his, of his Holy Spirit. We believe, as, as a, we're a Pentecostal church, but loads of churches would believe this. It's very mainstream these days. And believe about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit when, you, when you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within you. There's also the baptism in the Holy Spirit, as, as is recorded in Acts chapter 2, when we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. But also, evidence, evidence of that is also speaking a, a heavenly language. Some people call it speaking in tongues, and some people think, well, in your head. <laughs> and I remember as a kid, when I used to think, what, what is that? what's it going to do with tongues, this kind of thing inside my mouth here? Okay, the word tongues, it literally means language, okay? So sometimes we have to just, so again, I'm demystifying, okay? So when it talks about speaking tongues, it means speaking in heavenly language. The word tongue can be translated as language, okay? So that kind of demystifies it. So we can, we can pray in English, our native language, or we can also speak in tongues or praying in the Spirit is what the Bible also calls it. And we believe that what was given and demonstrated in the early church, what's recorded in Acts chapter 2, the, the original church after Jesus obviously had, been, uh, had, had the crucifixion and had been the Beth, uh, death and burial and resurrection and then he descended uh, ascended to heaven. Then what happens in Acts chapter 2, Jesus had promised, he said to the disciples, you know, wait in Jerusalem and I'll send the Holy Spirit. And that's recorded in Acts chapter 2 and 3, kind of the outworking um, of that. And we believe that what happened then and was demonstrated then can be a believer's experience today. You know, we're not a cessationist church. We don't believe that those things are just kind of over, that's done, and it's, it's done and dusted 2,000 years ago. It's very much still to be the believer's experience today. Amen, everyone agree? Amen. Amen. Excellent. Now, Acts chapter 2, as we just mentioned, is 1 to 4. says this, So when the day of, of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what happened to be tongue, sorry, sorry, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, remember all languages, okay, as the Spirit enabled them, okay? So it's not something we just have a theological belief about, but we also, we also very much believe this should be our experience as well, and this is, can be the experience for every single believer. Amen? I'm going to agree. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's continue to break, break this down. So both prayer languages, whether praying in our native language, praying in English, our native language, or praying in the Spirit, both play a very significant part in how we communicate with God. Amen? So let's start with kind of praying with our understanding. We've been talking this over a number of weeks. So this is speaking to God with our own words, from our own understanding and, and reasoning. Amen? Yeah. Now you're not forced to pray anything, are you? We, 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 have, a, we have a mind, a will, and, and, and emotions, our, our brain um, you know, does what it does. You know, but we have control over our brain, right? And so we're praying out of our reason and, and understanding. Amen? And it can be committing, that we're part of praying with our understanding, committing things to God daily, sharing our hearts and how we feel about things. Remember, God always knows anyway how we feel. When we pray, we're not giving God information. It's stuff that he's fully aware of, but he wants us to pray and commit things before him. Amen? It's, it can look like chatting and fellowshipping with God throughout the day. It can mean praying, praying scripture. Over our lives, you know, things like the Lord's, uh, like the Lord's Prayer. We, we, we spent a specific week, didn't we, a few weeks ago, looking at the Lord's Prayer and kind of breaking, breaking that down or praying other scripture over our lives or letting our requests and petitions be known before God. So that's what's praying with our understanding. Okay, it's praying in a language that we, that we understand. We're bringing things before God. We're honoring him. We're glorifying him. We're praying, praying scripture over ourselves. We're chatting with him. We're fellowshipping with him. We're allowing God to speak back, uh, back to us. Yeah, that's praying with our understanding. Amen? So Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, Paul writes, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
and the peace of God, which trans- what a great scripture. I love this scripture. <laughs> I love all scripture, obviously. But I love this scripture. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. The peace of God that the peace of God that He gives is just it's just remarkable. It's just amazing because it's just has no has no relation to circumstances. Has no relation to situations that are going on in your life. You know, you see in, in this world, don't you? People are always trying to find peace, and they'll go and oh, I'm into yoga, I'm into meditation, or I'm just going out and into a forest somewhere. I'm just going to go up a mountain somewhere. I'm just trying to find peace. But God gives us supernatural peace. It's not based on circumstances. It's not based on situations. It's not even necessarily based on the situation changing straight away. Although, I do, of course, we believe that God changes situations. Absolutely. But it's a supernatural impartation of peace. Amen. It's beyond. That's why it says, why Paul described it in that way. It's beyond all understanding. It transcends understanding. And it guards our hearts and it guards our minds. Amen. So that's praying with our understanding. Amen. But secondly, this is, and this is for all believers, we can also pray in the spirit. This is God's desire for us. And this is speaking to God, not from, not from our mind, not from something we've just you know, thought about. And thought, yeah, I'm going to pray that next. Okay. But this is actually praying from your spirit that is united to his spirit. The his spirit that dwells within us, as the Bible as the Bible says. And when you pray in the spirit, and we'll kind of unpack this more in a minute, when you don't understand the words you're saying, it's a, it's a heavenly heavenly language, it's, it's different. You don't understand what you're what you're saying necessarily, but you can be assured that you're praying the perfect prayer. Amen. You're still with me? Excellent. Where did I put my drink? Have a drink. Somewhere. There it is. Okay. I squeeze it on there. Don't, don't take the cup to the food bank. <laughs> you brought us a cup of cold water. What's this about? I think we're a very stingy church, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. How generous is this? That's all we take here. Anyway. anyway. Focus. They just stop distracting me. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so we can, all, we can all pray in the Spirit. So we don't necessarily understand what we're saying. In most cases, we wouldn't understand what we're saying. We can surely be praying the perfect prayer. Romans 8, verse 26 to 27 says this. Paul writes this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. This is why this is why uh, praying in praying in tongues, praying in that heavenly language, it's, it's just so it's so powerful because it's not something we can make up, it's not something we can reason, it's not something we can even necessarily understand. But we're praying the perfect prayer for that situation, amen. God's perfect will, especially when we just do not know what what to pray for, amen. You know, have you ever been in a situation where you just do not know what to pray? Where do, where do you even start? Like in a situation, I've been in situations in my own life where you kind of think, God, where do I even start with this? Where, where do I even start by praying for this situation? But when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we can pray the perfect prayer. Amen? Now, of course, it's not saying that in your, in your normal prayer life, when you're praying just in your normal language, that you can't be led by the Spirit. Of course, the Spirit could lead you to things to pray for. Of course, that's true. But, but, the, but praying in the Holy Spirit is a power tool that God wants us to enjoy. It's something that goes, goes beyond that. Amen? And also speaking in tongues or that heavenly prayer language, it really strengthens you and builds you up. For me, for me personally, I, I, love, I love praying in tongues. I do this more in, in the car probably than anywhere else, just going on journeys. Where it's, I'm a typical bloke. I can't do two things at once. So, so, as most men can't. Um, so, so driving and praying in English is not a good idea because I'll lose focus. So I either lose focus on my prayer, my prayers will be random, or I lose focus on driving, which obviously is clearly not a good idea is it, for, for my sake or anybody else's. 
So often, often in the car, I would just just pray in tongues. It just encourages me and just builds me up. I don't. Do I know what? Do I know specifically what I'm praying? I don't. I'm just being honest. We don't. We don't. This is what we've just been talking about, right? It says the Spirit Himself he intercedes for us through wordless groans. That's that's the way Paul was describing it. Amen. But it's the perfect prayer for us in that in that situation. Amen. And it just encourages us. It, it builds us up. Amen. 1 Corinthians 14 verses 1 to 4 says this. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. If anyone who speaks in a tongue, remember tongue means language, anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strength and encouraging and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves but the one who prophesies edifies the church. So what it's talking about there is, again... It's, it's the perfect prayer. It allows you to speak mysteries. It allows you to speak things beyond your understanding, before, beyond things you even could understand. Because it's a spiritual thing. It's perfect. I mean, it comes out of our spirit. You know, our, remember, our mind, our will, and emotions. We have to remember as believers, our mind, and will, and emotions have not been sanctified. You know, when you became a, became a Christian, we're, we're, we're born again. That's what Scripture says. And, and spiritually, we're a brand new person. The old has gone as the new has come. That's the way that Paul describes it. But our mind, our will, and emotions, the sanctification of that is an ongoing process, right? So the cross has dealt with us spiritually, absolutely. We're on our way to heaven. We've been given the promise of eternal life. Where the, the, spirit, the spirit of who we were, which was, which, was, which was just a sinful nature, was part of the dominion of darkness. It's, that's all we dealt with. The sinful nature was knelt to the cross with Jesus. Amen. But our mind, our will, and emotions continually need to be sanctified. Amen. And as I've said this before, and I've said it again numerous times, you know, successful Christian living, being an effective Christian, is living a life where, where your soul is subject to your spirit. That's what an effective Christian life is, kind of the summation of it. It's how, how to be a successful Christian. It's, it's, to, it's to, on a daily basis, or on an hourly basis, on a minute basis, to make your soul subject to your spirit. Because if your mind is, is a belief, your mind, your will, and your emotions, they drive your life, you're going to have all sorts of problems. Just be, let's just be honest about this stuff. Right? If your mind, your will, and emotions are what runs your life, you're going to be an emotional roller coaster. You're going to be all over the place. It's all going to depend on how much sleep you've got, which, which side of that bed you've got that morning, what the kids have said to you that morning, how, what's going on at work, how, how stressed you feel about stuff. You know, the stuff that's just causing you anxiety. Um, you know, what your wife may have said to you that's annoyed you, and all these kind of things. That's not personal experience, obviously. <laughs> I'll just get that in quick. Um, <laughs> but that's reality, isn't it? Because you know, we're human, we're human beings. You know, we're, we're saying and believe we're still humans, right? Our sinful nature we don't have anymore, but we still have a human nature of our mind, our will, and emotions. And they they will not make, always make good decisions. In fact, they make some very bad decisions if we allow them to make bad decisions. So, being an effective Christian is, is making our soul subject to our spirit. Amen. So, our mind, our will, and emotions subject to, to the Holy Spirit, uh, Holy Spirit within me. And this is why praying in tongues again is so powerful. Because it's not affected by our mind, our will, and emotions. It's not, you can't pray selfish prayers when you pray in, pray in tongues. If there is such thing as a selfish prayer, you know, it becomes very self-focused. Because you're praying a perfect prayer. Amen? It's not, it's, it hasn't had to go through the filter of our, of our mind or, or you know, our thinking or our will. It's, it's a perfect prayer before God. You know, it's completely uncontaminated. It's free from things like there can be issues in our life, things like greed or doubt or unbelief or fear or just experience of what we're going through in life. Praying in tongues is not affected by any of those things because we're praying in our spirit. Amen? That's what's so awesome about it. And as I said, it's also a perfect prayer. Maybe not necessarily what we would ask for, but it's absolutely what needs to be asked for. Again, that's why praying in tongues is amazing. What we need to pray in that situation. Amen? And I'm a firm believer that 
you know, this prayer language is, is, for, all, is for all Christians. It's for all believers. And all we have to do is, is, is desire it. And God wants you to have that gift uh, in your life. Amen? Go to pray in the Spirit. Praise God. And just a couple more things to say on, say on this. It's speaking in tongues has two, I mean, we could talk about this for weeks, kind of the theology of all this, okay? But it's kind of like the quick summation of it. It's, it's in, in Scripture as well, speaking in tongues has two different expressions. So there are people who, so there's, there's the general prayer language of speaking in tongues, speaking that heavenly language before God, praying that perfect, perfect prayer, you know, for our communication, to empower us, to, to, to equip us, to, to build us up, amen? And there's also, uh, it's talked about in another context, which is a spiritual gift, to be used in services or gatherings, you know, where people are gathered together. Amen? You know, we see that in Acts 2, verses 7 to 8. It says, utterly, utterly amazed, we looked at Acts 2 earlier, utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans, when the disciples and the Holy Spirit come upon them, and how is it each of them, us, hears them, speak in our native language? God had even given the, a specific gift in there to actually speak in real languages, but languages that they didn't know. Or, or, or understand that would be useful when you're abroad, wouldn't it? <laughs> God, gave you, God gave you that gift. Don't get a dictionary out. Uh, get Google Translate out. That would be handy. Yeah, but that's, but that's, that's what God did there. Gave them a specific gift. They were like, how, how are these people? These are Galileans. These are locals. What, how, are these, how are these people uh, speaking in languages that they don't understand? So that was a specific gift of tongues uh, for that situation. Amen? So that's kind of a different, a different thing. And the scripture also talks about... Um, you know, when, when there's a gift of tongues comes upon someone and, and, and they speak in tongues, then they should always ask for an interpretation as well. Because Paul, Paul says about what's the point of speaking in tongues if no one understands, in a corporate sense, okay, not talking about on our own, in a corporate sense, what's the point of speaking in tongues if no one understands it? It's kind of like you might as well just have not said it. If, if it's God giving a specific message to the church or connect group or whatever the context might be, then there needs to be an interpretation of it. Amen? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13 to 19, Paul says this, and for this reason, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I say? I will pray with my spirit, but I also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I also sing with my understanding. Otherwise, when you're praising God in the spirit, how can someone else who is now put in a position to inquire say amen to your thanksgiving so they do not know what you're saying? So remember, this is talking about when we corporately speak in tongues or someone has a specific message for the church. Okay? You are given thanks well enough, but no one is edified. Paul goes on to say, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, but in the church I'd rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Now, of course, Paul wasn't contradicting him because it can sound like a contradiction there. Well, hang on a minute. You just said it's great to speak in tongues, and now you're saying that it's better to speak five like words everyone understands. But what he's saying is about the principle of interpretation. If someone gives a public message in tongues, then they should ask for interpretation you know, in English or whatever country they might be in, in a language of that country so that everyone understands. That makes sense, okay? But you could spend weeks kind of working out, kind of outworking the theology of that, but that's the reality. But just saying all that to say, there's a difference between the gift of tongues which we can all have in our prayer life with God, to pray in the Spirit, and a specific spiritual gift of tongues, okay? It's something different than when the Holy Spirit comes upon someone, they share something publicly, or we could be in a connect group, as I said, um, but then they should ask for an interpretation so that everyone is edified. Otherwise, I'm like, that's nice, <laughs> but that doesn't actually help me because I didn't understand it, right? Does that make sense, okay? Great. So there's five key differences that's important for us to understand between, um, uh, you know, between a, just our, our prayer language um, and, and the, spiritual, the spiritual gift. So 
the kind of breaking these these two aspects down. So in the prayer language, we can all have, you know, we're usually the one, um, you know, who initiates it. Amen. It's usually usually us. You know, it's the Holy Spirit within us, but we still control it. When you when you hear people speaking in tongues, I don't want anyone to be worried about what's what's happening there. Is uh, is out of control? You can absolutely, it's totally under control still. Because the Holy Spirit allows you to keep it under control. You know, you kind of think, well, can I control the Holy Spirit? That doesn't sound quite right. But the reality is the Holy Spirit allows us to do that. All right? Amen? So the prayer language, when we're speaking in tongues and praying to God, praying in the Spirit, we're the one, usually, who initiates it. But in the spiritual gift, when it's done in a kind of in a corporate setting, and it's a specific kind of message for the church, it's usually the Holy Spirit um, that initiates it. Okay? So there's a kind of a key difference there. In a prayer language, when we're praying in tongues kind of for our own benefit, we are the main beneficiary. Amen? But in a spiritual gift, other people, whether the connect group or the church or whatever it may be, we might just be talking to someone else individually, then, then everyone is the beneficiaries, or they are the main beneficiaries. Amen? In the prayer language, when we're speaking in tongues for ourselves, we are talking to God. But in a spiritual gift, God is talking to others through us. Again, there's another key difference. In the prayer language, speaking in tongues, we're encouraged to do it all the time. But in a spiritual gift, you should only do it when the Holy Spirit tells you to and allows you to as a spiritual gift. Amen? In the prayer language, when we're speaking in tongues for ourselves, again, no interpretation is needed or expected because God is the intended audience. And of course, he understands it anyway. Right? But in a spiritual gift, the gift of interpretations of tongues will likely be given so people can understand the message and receive the benefit that God intended for them. Okay, so it's important for us to understand those key differences. But like I said, there's some theology in there which you could outwork over a number of weeks. Okay, but it's important just to understand those two differences. But the gift of, of praying in the Spirit is for everybody. Amen? Now, maybe you've never, ever spoken in, spoken in tongues, and you kind of think, where, where do I even start with that? But as, a belie- as, as your pastor, I believe this is for everybody. Yeah. Amen? That every single person who calls themselves a, a Christian, this, this, can be, this can be for them. Amen? No way, you just pray in your spirit. Yeah, that's just praying in the spirit. I'm not just making stuff up. I, in my head, I didn't formulate anything. I'm just allowing the Holy Spirit just to flow, flow through and what he wants to say. It's, it's a perfect prayer. Amen? And that's, that's what is incredible about, about, about praying, in, praying in tongues. It's something that all of us, of all of us, can do. Amen? It's a gift of grace. Just like, just like salvation is not in any way achieved. We understand that, right? As believers, we haven't done anything to earn our salvation. Uh, the, gift of, the gift of tongues for us to be able to pray in the Spirit is a gift from God himself. It's a gift of grace, of unmerited favor. We haven't earned it or achieved it or anything, or anything else. It's not because you've met a certain standard of, a certain, a standard of Christianity. Okay, like, like there is some standard of Christianity anyway. That's rubbish, right? <laughs> either, either you're saved or you aren't, and either you're on your way to heaven or you aren't, right? Amen? There's no such thing as first and second class Christians or all that kind of nonsense that some people spout. It's just, it's just not truth. It is not a gift for some, but it's for all who desire it. Amen? Now, the reality is sometimes people's reasoning can block it and you kind of think, well, I just, I just don't know where to start with that. And sometimes the reasoning can, can, can kind of stop it coming through because you kind of think, well, that just sounds weird. What's, what's kind of happening here? But it is a gift for everyone. I can't reiterate that enough. Amen? And it's received and, and released by just childlike, childlike faith. Tanya spoke about this last, a lot last week, just about being, being childlike. Amen? We should be childlike and not childish. That's a whole message in itself. Kind of there, right? But we should be childlike and childish. In a sense, 
childlike, not childish, sorry, <laughs> let me clarify that. We should be childlike and not childish in the way that we just trust God. Amen? Jesus loved kids, and there was a time, wasn't it, when the disciples tried to stop kids coming to him, and Jesus was like, no, let the little children come to me. The kingdom belongs to such as these, because he totally understood that kids, they just took Jesus at his word. It actually, it was the people who had reasoning and understanding and, and, a, and a religious background. They were the ones who didn't understand who Jesus was, right? Because they were just like, well, he's, he's not what we thought he was going to be. He doesn't look like what we thought he was going to look like. He's not doing what we thought he was going to do. So they were totally confused, but, but, but kids totally got him, right? So it's received and released by childlike faith, just by asking and receiving. They say, God, I want the gift of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to be able to pray in tongues. I want to be able to pray, pray in the Spirit. I want to be able to pray prayers that are your perfect, that are your perfect will. And what I'm going to ask you to do now is just to stand. If the worship team, if you could come back up, that'd be great. Great. And what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to pray in the Spirit. And I believe, you know, if this, if this morning, if you've never ever prayed in, in tongues before, you've never prayed in the Spirit before, then, then God can impart that to you this morning. Now, if you're a believer, then God wants you to have this gift. Now, and all we need to do is just, just, let, it, just let it flow. You know, for myself, it's, it's my own personal testimony. I was about 14 years old, went to a church youth group, I prayed with my youth leader. He'd, he'd explained it and unpacked it, you know, a bit like we just talked about there. And, you know, it, t- it took me a while. I'm just being honest, because I kind of thought, well, where, where do you even start? But you just, have to, you just have to let it flow. Amen? I've been able to speak in tongues ever, ever since. You have to just to let it flow and say, Holy Spirit, just take over. Do what you desire to do. Pray that perfect prayer within me. Just, 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 just allow, those words, allow those words to come out. Amen? Because God wants every single one of us to be able to pray, to be able to pray, and pray in the spirit. So I'm just going to ask the worship team to start playing. That'd be awesome. Of those of you already who 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 can pray in the spirit, let's let's, let's do that. Amen. Let's do that as, as they start to play. Thank you, Jesus. So let's raise our voices before God this morning. If you can pray in the spirit, let's pray in the spirit now. And I'm going to pray for all of you who are wanting to receive it to receive it. May I get you to come forward? But let's just start by just praying in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Dora Bachana the Borskida Bokoda Bashkita da Dorianda the Borskida Boshkida the Boriakada Dorianda Boriskida Dara Borskida da Bokona Hana Borskida to Borskida Baba Harabor the Bora Borskata Borianda Borikida Bashki Harabahana the Borianda Borskita da Haraborianda Bobobana Borianda Borski Harabohabarianda Bushi Harabahut the Borskida Naboba Harabodianda so worship team, if you could just lead us in a song just in a, in a second. But if you've never ever been filled with the Holy Spirit and you've never ever spoken in tongues before or you just want to refill the Holy Spirit and, and you'd like, like that gift this morning, you'd love to be able to pray, pray in the Spirit. Remember, this, this can be for all believers. 
don't have to reach some standard of Christianity. You just have to be a believer this morning. I just encourage you to come forward because we would just love to pray for you this morning and for you to, be, to have the infilling and indwelling of the Holy Spirit and to know that, that gift um, in, in your life, that you can pray in the Spirit. This worship team, just lead us, lead us in a song. But that's you this morning. I just encourage you to, to, to come forward. Don't miss, your, don't miss your opportunity. God wants every single person to have that gift and to know that in our life, he's no respecter of persons. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.